Stephen's name. Again, think of the lyrics as you read them, as you sing them. Pay attention to what you're singing. You're singing to the name of the Lord. And let's sing verses 1, 2, 3, and 4. Oh, 
to 46. Number 46. What, what good songs these are. What good songs. What good lyrics. 46. Oh, for a thousand tongues. On Wednesday night we sang this. And <clears throat> I mentioned that it was in a conversation about a year after Charles Wesley was converted, was saved, that a friend said to him, I wish I had a thousand tongues and I would sing the Lord's praise if I had a thousand tongues. And Charles Wesley's mind went to work and he sat down and he penned, oh, for a thousand tongues to sing my Redeemer's prayers. So let's sing that together with the tongue that we have. With the one tongue God has given us, let's use it to sing our great Redeemer's praise. 46, let's sing all six verses, all six verses today. church today and it was raining in County Oil and again at four this morning and continued to the time I left to come to church. But it was nice to have the rain to kind of cool things up. It's been really hot. Anyway, um, the hottest month of the year is over and from today on it's gonna be nice and cool. I predict. Of course I'm not a prophet, so I'm just guessing. Did not see any waterfalls coming over the poly today, but uh, hoping to it rained that hard. Uh, we're glad to see you folks in church. We have some people visiting from uh, Pastor Bernal, per, uh, retired pastor from Canada. He gave a short word to the men today as a blessing. And uh, they're on a 52nd anniversary, is that right? 52nd. 
Is that why your hair is white? <laughs> Partially. Partially, yeah. One time a man, a man was asked after a long, you know, 50 years of marriage or 45, um, the pastor asked in a joking way, oh, you've been married for 40 years? Yes. Then he asked, how many were good? Which was like really a loaded question. How many were good? And the answer was, they're all good. And so um, it, it should be all good. The longer you live together as husband and wife, and the more you work things out, things do get better. Uh, speaking of that, a young couple walked in uh, just a few minutes ago. They're from Indiana. They, today, what, one year anniversary, is that right? One year today. One year today. You're still happily married. That's great. <laughs> that's a blessing. And he was telling me about how the Lord worked that for him to come, and that was that was a blessing. So I enjoyed talking with you. God bless you for being here in church today. People who go on vacation or go on a trip, if they're Christians, a lot of times if they're quote um, good Christians, they do find a church to go to while they're on vacation. They're taking time off from vacation and being church. That's a blessing. It's a blessing to me to know that people. All over this world are dedicated enough to be in church when they're away from their home church. That's a blessing. And uh, I was I was talking with him. I said, I asked, how old are you? He told me how old he is. I said, uh, you look younger than that. Now look, look at him. How old do you think he is? Take a guess. He doesn't mind. Now I don't even know him, but we're talking like we're friends for a lifetime. But uh, how do you, no, never mind. It's not relevant. But uh, he's not as old as he smiles. <laughs> he's younger than that. Uh, have you been getting the email church bulletin you should have got one last night and so if you don't get one then you need to get one there's some updates there and some information announcements there's a potluck on the last Sunday of this month it's a five Sunday month we have a potluck and so I'm looking forward to that some folks know about this already they are anxious to bring their best goodies food and so that'd be the last Sunday of this month it's also pastor appreciation month and so um, or day and so this year uh, I would like the church to honor uh, Nathan, Chinese pastor, and then Brother Hugh. I'm going to step aside and not. Uh, I will. I, I told. I told Stan. I said, you know, let's do that for them this year, and I'll just be there to eat the food. I'm happy with that. Okay, so let's show appreciation to Brother Nathan, uh, who of course is just busy asking me with his family, but then with his ministry. You don't realize how much work he puts in. Uh, to studying and preparing Chinese and English and so on and also just reaching out to people he puts a lot of hours in and um, that's just 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 the way he is and I think it's healthy for us to show appreciation to him and of course brother Hugh he was not here well he is but he has a hard time hearing now so I think he's not hearing anything I'm saying uh, let's see I was gonna also say uh, Francis is coming back tomorrow from seeing his nephew in uh, Nashville. I wonder if he's going to come back with a new guitar. Have you heard? What's that, man? <laughs> I wonder if he's coming back with a new hearing aid. <laughs> now, Francis, you know, is, is going to guitar country in Nashville. And uh, I told him when you get there, after you see your nephew, go ahead and make time to, you know, go shopping or look around and get drooling or coveting all this guitar. He knows about that kind of stuff. So um, his nephew is doing a bit better. So uh, the nephew's back home. Now friends come back tomorrow. We have missed him, but Nathan's done a good job filling in. And so that's a blessing. Uh, Mr. Churches is living on uh, Wednesday, I believe, going back home to where it's going to be colder. 
And uh, I hope you missed the bright, not today, but the good weather that we've been having in Hawaii. Oh, uh, let's see here. Um, that sounds good. The AC will be fixed uh, in November. I don't know if you noticed or not, but it's been kind of warm in here, especially in the back room. It'll be fixed by November around that time. All right. I am. Where's Miranda? Oh, okay. I think I heard her say there's a lady special today. Is that so or not? Okay, I misunderstood her. That happens a lot in my home. She says something and I'm not listening and I say, what? And she says, didn't you hear what I said? I says, yeah, I did. She says, what did you say? Uh, the, 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 and she catches me red-handed. That happens only once a year. All right, well, today and next Sunday is uh, Brother Mike's turn to teach at uh, this time. And so he is going through the alphabets and some teaching, doctrinal teaching or practical teaching alphabetically. And so I don't know what the letter is today, but uh, it'll be good. Okay. Um, again, if any of you can drop off Brother uh, Purnell back at the, the cruise ship, Brother Hugh will. Okay, great. It was great. Um, had a good talk with uh, someone after Sunday school, and the, the person expressed appreciation for the church being kind to someone else that's in the church, and that the person appreciated the love that is expressed and displayed to this other person. And so I want to tell you thanks and commend you for doing that. Keep it up. You just don't know how much that could affect someone. And so live the life of a Christian for Jesus Christ and uh, do right all the time. Always remembering that it's affecting somebody. It's affecting somebody. In your home, it's affecting your family most of all. On the outside, it's affecting someone else. And they will never tell you that it's been a blessing to them that you've done something good for someone else that they observed it. And so being consistent is is the thing to be consistent in the Christian life, okay? All right, uh, anybody here have a short testimony before I turn it over to Brother Mike? Going, going. Okay, Mike. All right, so as you heard the pastor say that I've been going through some topical studies in alphabetical order, and today we are in letter T, letter T. So I'm gonna bring you a lesson about the Trinity. Now, before you say, oh, what the Trinity, what, why are you teaching on that? We already know what that is. Well, I'm gonna give you some information about the Trinity because um, some people, they act, believe it or not, they might not know exactly what it is. They think they know what it is, but there's also some false teachings about the Trinity. So I'm gonna tell you what it is, what it is not some common objections to the Trinity, maybe some things that will help you understand the Trinity because uh, a lot of times people are actually confused about the Trinity. So uh, I'm not going to just go through some systematic theology uh, class and, and put you to sleep this morning. I'm going to try to make it a little more interesting. But um, for those of you who don't know, the Trinity is the teaching that there is one God manifest in three distinct persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so I would like to specify that it would be God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. They are not three separate gods, but they are one God, okay? And they are not simply different titles for God or different modes of God, but they are three distinct per persons, 
of God. And that's very important, and I'm going to show you why that's very important in a little bit. But I would have to say that whenever somebody is introduced to the doctrine of the Trinity, the, the first question or, or very common question is, how can God be both three and one at the same time? Maybe when you first heard about the doctrine of the Trinity, that was something in your mind, well, wait a minute, but you said there's one God, right? And you're saying that there's, there's three, and you're saying that, that there's God the Father. Well, most people will understand and acknowledge that the Father is God. But then when you get to Jesus, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and then when you introduce the, the concept of the, the deity of Christ and that Jesus is also God, they say, wait a minute. But I thought Jesus was the Son of God. Yes, he is, but he's also God the Son. And so, you know, you get this look of confusion on people's faces when, when you tell them this, and I can understand that. So let me try to simplify this a little bit, make it understandable for some of you that might still have a tough time with this. And uh, is God both three and one at the same time? Yes, he is. How is that possible? It's possible because there are other things in the natural world that are also one and three at the same time. For example, every single person in here is, in a sense, a trinity. You have a body, a soul, and a spirit. The Bible says that. The Bible talks about you having a body, a soul, and a spirit. But you are not three people. You are one person with three distinct parts. Your body is not your soul. Your soul is not your spirit. Your spirit is not your body. Those are three distinct separate parts, but those do not make you three different people. You are still one person with three parts. A triangle is one shape with three parts, three angles, three sides, three corners, however you want to phrase it, okay? So there are things in the natural world that are three and yet one at the same time. An egg has the yolk, the white, and the shell. They are not three eggs. It is one egg, and the yolk is not the white, the white is not the shell, the shell is not, you understand? So there are some examples of, of trinities in the natural world so when you think of it in, in that sense, and of course I'm not trying to lower God into, you know, making, you know, people say, well, you're comparing God to an egg and all that. Well, I'm just trying to use that as an illustration. That it is possible and logical for something to be three and one at the same time. It's not a contradiction. Now, how do we know that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are three distinct persons. Because as I'm going to show you, there are some teachings that, that, that will teach that they are not. How do we know that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are three distinct persons, not simply three different titles for God? Or three, you know, people say, well, when God acts this way in the Old Testament, he's the Father. And then in the New Testament, when God acts this way, he's the Son. And then after Jesus Christ leaves, and then he acts this way, he's the Holy Spirit. It is true that true there is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and then all the same. But some people would say, these are just simply titles for God. They're not three distinct persons. Or they would say that um, these are just... Uh, 
the way that God has operated, and so he goes by a different name in the way that he, the sense that he operates. We can know that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are all three distinct persons because, for one reason, the Bible lists them all as three distinct persons. Uh, turn to 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. By the way, this verse is not in the New Bible versions. 1 John chapter 5, verse 7 in the King James Bible says, For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. So the Bible says there's three, but at the same time they are one. They are three distinct persons, but they all make up one God. Now, of course, when it says the word, capital W, we know that that's referring to Jesus Christ. In John chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. In Revelation 19, is his name is the word of God. Notice it's capitalized. It's a, it's a proper noun. That's it's his, one of his titles is the word. And so there's three, yet there are, they are one. Go to Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28, look at verse 19, the Great Commission. Jesus says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Let's look at one more. Let's look at 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 13. Second Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. Amen. There it talks about all three of them, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We also know that they are three distinct persons because Jesus prayed to whom? Himself? No, the Father. Jesus prayed to the Father. See, there's a teaching that says... Uh, I was going to maybe save this for later. Maybe I should. Uh, maybe I should put it up here now, be, just to let you know that um, about some of these other teachings. We have, you know, with with most Bible doctrines, what you have is you have an extreme position on one side, and then an extreme position on the other side, and the one in the middle is usually the correct one <laughs> when it comes to heresies and, and Bible doctrine. So um, what you have here, let me put these up here. Okay, we will, we will say that this is going to be what I'm teaching now, the Trinity. Trinitarianism. On this side, you have a false teaching called modalism. And then on the other hand, you have an, another false teaching, which is called Arianism. Now, you don't need to really remember these terms. Just remember what they teach and how they are false. These terms come from back in church history. And this false teaching here, this one says there's no, there's no trinity in the sense that I'm teaching it. This says there's no trinity. This one says there is a trinity. So modalism teaches that 
There's no Trinity. It's just that God, the, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, they, they are different modes of God. They're not three distinct persons, different modes of God. That's why it's called modalism. And so you would have some forms of modalism, which have you ever heard of oneness, Pentecostal? How many ever heard of this? Jesus only. Nobody? <laughs> yes, no? Okay, a few, some of you. Um, they teach that Jesus, why is it called Jesus only? Excuse me. They teach that Jesus is the Father, Jesus is the Son. Jesus is the Holy Spirit. It's all Jesus. Jesus only. Those are just different titles for Jesus, but it's all Jesus. Jesus is the Father. Jesus is the Son. Jesus is the Holy Spirit. They, they, in a sense, they almost overemphasize the deity of Christ. Uh, we, I believe Jesus is is God, God the Son, but I don't believe that Jesus is the Father, and I don't believe Jesus is the Holy Spirit. They believe it's only Jesus. And then you have, on the other side, Arianism. This is named after a man named Arius back in church history who taught this heresy. And so they teach that there is no trinity. They believe that Jesus is kind of um, a lesser created God, if you will. Uh, so they would say that um, Jesus is not God in the sense that he's not the same God as the Father or the same God as the Holy Spirit. They say that Jesus is a, a lesser created God. And so who believes this? Well, there's different forms of this, but the Jehovah's Witnesses would, te would uh, teach a variation of this as well as the Mormons, Latter-day Saints. In fact, if you go to John 1.1 1, 1 in the Jehovah's Witness Bible, which is it's in the New World Translation put out by the Watchtower Society, <coughs> they made a very subtle change in that verse, but just that one little subtle change in that verse teaches a very, very heretical false doctrine. In the King James Bible, or actually not even in the King James, basically any Bible, even the new Bibles, it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. But if you pick up a New World Translation, Jehovah's Witness Bible, put out by the Watchtower Society, it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was a God. So they added the article A. Just that one little addition overthrows the deity of Christ. So what they're saying is that Jesus is not God, the same God as the Father, the Trinity, but he is a God. He is a separate God from the Father. He is a lesser created God. He did not eternally coexist with the Father. 
but he was created sometime later on and he's not full divinity and that they're they're clear on this i mean they don't they're not going to try to hide around it it, it, they'll say no jesus is not god that's arianism that's not a new teaching it's an old teaching the lds church the mormon church some of their early leaders have said that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are all three separate gods, three gods. The Mormons believe that God the Father has a mother and a father and grandparents and great-grandparents, and there's this whole ancestry of gods in the universe, but, but, but God the Father in the Bible, he's the God for us, humans on planet Earth. They also teach that God the Father used to be a man just like us on another planet and he progressed and became a God and we can do the same thing if we are good Mormons and, you know, go to the temple and do all those rituals and things like that. That's what they teach. Some of the early Mormon teachers taught that the doctrine of the Trinity was a heresy and they said it makes God into a three-headed monster. Yeah. Now, here, the Trinity, let me illustrate it with this. I told you there are things in the natural world that are three and one at the same time, like a triangle. So let's say this re represents God. And let's say that each one of these corners is a person of the Trinity. So we have the, the Father, we have the Son, and we have the Holy, the Holy Spirit. Now, all three of these are God. You could say the Son is God, the Father is God, and the Holy Spirit is God. However, it's very important to make the distinction that the Father is not the Holy Spirit, the Son is not the Holy Spirit, and the Son is not the Father. You understand? So all three of these persons make up one God. Just like this triangle has three sides, three corners, three points, and it's all one triangle. All three of these members of the Trinity make up one God, but that does not mean that, that the Father is the Son and the Hunt, the Son of the Holy Spirit and all those things. How do we know that? Well, I told you from the Bible that the Bible makes the distinctions between these three different persons. When Jesus prayed to the Father, he was not praying to himself. Jesus prayed to the Father while he was on the cross, and he said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Did Jesus forsake himself? Of course not. There's a clear distinction that the, the, the Son is not the Father. You say, wait a minute, didn't he say, he who has seen me has seen the Father? Yes, he did say that. He was representing the Father while he was on earth, okay? And so there's, a, there's other verses. He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Who is he praying to? He's not praying to himself. God the Son is praying to God the Father, okay? But Jesus the Son is not praying to himself. They are, they are not the same. 
there are two different people in the Trinity, in, in as some people, or the, the Godhead. The Bible also uses that word, the Godhead. So we know that there are three distinct persons because number one, the Bible lists them all three in one verse. There are th There's three different ones. Jesus prayed to the Father all through the New Testament. Jesus, how do we know Jesus is not the Holy Spirit? Look at Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. It is true that the Holy Spirit in some instances represents Jesus Christ. That is true. It is true when he said, when I go away, that I will come to you and the Comforter will come to you and I will be with you and all of that. And uh, we know that, the whole, that he was referring to the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit does represent Jesus Christ. It is true that in the Bible it talks about the Spirit of Christ. But at the same time, Jesus is not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not Jesus Christ. Look at Luke chapter 4, Luke chapter 4, verse 1. And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, was he full of himself? <laughs> Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. The Holy Spirit is leading him. Jesus, the Son, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is leading Jesus. Jesus is full of the Holy Spirit. You see that, that those cannot both be the same person. They can both be God. And I've already shown you that. But they're not the same person in the Trinity. They are distinct. How about this? Go to Matthew chapter 3. Did you know that all three persons were present at Christ's baptism? Matthew chapter 3. Look at, let's look at it, Matthew chapter 3. And in Matthew chapter 3, beginning at verse 16, it says, And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him, and lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. God the Son is being baptized. God the Holy Spirit is descending from heaven like him, and God the Father is speaking from heaven. All three of them are present. They are not all the same person. You cannot say, well, uh, God, it's, it's, it's the Trinity. They're just different modes of God, and he appears in different forms or whatever at different times. They're not all three distinct persons. They are three distinct persons. They're all three different right there in this at, at that one event. So you cannot say that they're all just the same person. Okay, now what about this? So if we've established the fact that they are three distinct separate persons, how do we know that all three of them are God? Because some would teach that only the Father is God. And then Jesus Christ is not God. He's the Son of God, but he's not God the Son. He's just, he's, you know, he's he's kind of like an archangel. He's that became a man. Oh, by the way, did you know the LDS, the Mormon church, they teach that Jesus was the spirit brother of Lucifer? Mm-hmm. Before Lucifer fell and became the devil. They believe that Lucifer in his unfallen state was a spirit brother of Jesus. The Bible talks about Lucifer in Ezekiel 28. It says, thou, art, thou wast perfect in thy ways and all those things. 
in the day that thou was created. The devil was created. The devil did not eternally coexist with God. He was created. There was a time when he did not exist. There was never a time when God did not exist. There was never a time when Jesus did not exist. Now he didn't, there was a time when he didn't exist as a, as a man. He, you know, he was begotten by the father. But you know what Jesus said? He said, before Abraham was, I am. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. That's the deity of Christ. How do we know that they are, that they are, or how do we know that all three of these are God? Could it be that the only the Father is God and then the Holy Spirit is maybe a force that some people might teach and that Jesus is, you know, he's a good holy man and he's the son of God, but he's not actually God. Well, did you know that the Bible teaches emphatically that the, all the three, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are God? Did you know that God referred to himself in the plural? Go to Genesis chapter 1. God, singular, referred to himself in the plural. Genesis chapter 1, look at verse 26. And God said... Let us make man in our image, after our likeness. What does that mean? Who is he speaking about? Some people say, well, he's, he's including himself with the angels. The Bible does not say that man was created in the image of God and the angels. It says man was created in the image of God. So he's not talking about the angels saying, let me and the angels great man in our image go to Genesis um, there's a few other verses did you know at the tower of uh, Babel that uh, go to Genesis chapter 11 he uses a similar expression Genesis chapter 11 and look at verse 7 Genesis eleven seven, go to, let us plural, go down and there confound their language, that they may not understand one another's speech. So God refers to Himself in the plural. So we do know that all three of these are God. Now I could spend hours going through the Bible teaching you that, showing you how Jesus is God, the deity of Christ. I think I've probably done that a few times before. There's uh, several verses that emphatically teach that Jesus is God. Even when he was a baby, they came and worshipped him. Did you know that Jesus never refused worship? Do you remember Revelation, the end of Revelation, when John came down and he started worshipping the angel? The angel said, no, 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 don't do that. Don't worship me. Only worship God. But Jesus never refused worship. If Jesus was not God then he allowed himself to steal the worship and glory from God the Father if he was not God. Thomas said to Jesus, after, he, after Jesus said, Thomas, here I am. You want to come and touch me and feel my wounds? You, you said you wouldn't believe unless you, unless you could feel my wounds, right? And he said, here I am. Come and touch me. And Thomas said, my Lord and my God. 
Hebrews chapter 1 verse 8 says, Unto the Son, he saith, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. 1 Timothy 3.16, God was manifest in the flesh. So we could go for hours and, and show how Jesus was God, God the Son. So, and we know the Holy Spirit was God. That's also very easy to, to show. In, in the book of Acts, um, Ananias and Sapphira, he said, uh, Satan has tempted you to fill your heart to lie to the Holy Ghost. And then another verse, he says, you have not lied unto men, but unto God. The Bible talks about all scripture being given by inspiration of God. And then you look at other passages and it talks about the Holy Spirit was given the word and, and involved in the inspiration. So a lot of times they're used interchangeably and simultaneously. And so both the, the, the Son and the Holy Spirit are God. Okay, so if we've established that fact, then how do we know that they aren't three separate gods? Because what if we say, okay, all right, all right, I understand. Yes, you've already demonstrated the Son is God. The Holy Spirit is God and the Father is God, but maybe they're three separate gods. Could that be? A possibility. Not according to the Bible. Not according to the Bible. Go to Isaiah chapter 45. When one of these groups says that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are three separate gods, how do we know from the Bible that that is not true? Go to Isaiah chapter 45. By the way, these groups, these, these heretical groups that have these false teachings, they have supposedly Bible verses that supposedly support their false doctrines. You understand? You can get a New World Translation... And you can go in the back, in the, the index, and you can look at different doctrines that they hold to. And they have scripture references under these doctrines that apparently support those doctrines. And you can go and look at the verse, and at first glance, if you didn't really know much about the Bible, you'd say, oh, yeah, it, it, that's, it does say that. Yeah, I can understand. Yeah, well, if you had nothing to compare to or you don't read it in its context, how do we know from the Bible that the Trinity is not three separate gods? Go to Isaiah chapter 45. See, what they do is they take a verse out of context or they take a handful of verses and build a doctrine on those and ignore the majority of other verses that teach otherwise. And what they do is they force the Bible to contradict. One way you can know you're dealing with a false teacher is if you have a verse that contradicts their false teaching and you show them that verse and you ask them to explain that verse, they, they don't explain the verse. All they do is show you another passage. They say, well, well, look over here. This verse says this. And all you have to do is say, Okay, we can look at that in a second, but right now, can you explain this verse right here? And if they cannot explain that verse, and all they do is just run you around in circles and go to uh, these other verses to support their false doctrine, what they're doing is they are forcing the Bible to contradict. And the Bible does not contradict. 
You see, I can explain their verses that they use and then explain these other verses. They can't. Isaiah 45, verse 5. Isaiah 45, verse 5. I am the Lord, and there is none else. There is no God beside me. Look at the end of verse 6. There is none beside me. I am the Lord. There is none else. Look at verse 21. Look at the end of verse 21. And there is no God else beside me, a just God and a Savior. There is none beside me. Look at verse 22. Look unto me and be ye saved all the ends of the earth, for I am God, and there is none else. Go to chapter 43. Look at chapter 43. Look at the end of verse 10. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall there be after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. You can't get much clearer than that. So the fact that the Mormons teach that there's a mother God and a father God and a grandfather God and a great-grandfather God and there's all these gods throughout the universe and all these different planets. But for us, you know, you know it's only Heavenly Father. But, but there's all these other gods and God became a God and you can become a God. And Jesus said, no. No gods before me. No gods after me. That's it. I'm the one and that's it. There's none other. What do they do? They point to a verse and say, well, right here it says there's many lords and many gods. Yes, small g. Of course, there's false gods. The Bible says Satan is the god of this world. Of course, there's false gods or things that people call gods, idols and all. Of course, that. But the context in Isaiah is talking about a true god. There's only one. So if Jesus is God and the Holy Spirit is God and the Father is God and the Bible says there's only one God then there has to be a trinity those three can't be three separate gods surely nobody is foolish enough to say that Jesus and the Holy Spirit are false gods and the Father is the true God and the other two are false gods so to be logically consistent you would have to say all three of these are God, and since there's only one God, all three of these make up one God. And they are three distinct persons, just like a body, a soul, and a spirit. You know, the common saying, three and one and one and three, and the one in the middle died for me. So uh, that is the Trinity, okay? So just a quick review here. Jesus is not the Father. Jesus is not the Son. Jesus is the Holy Spirit, although Jesus is God. He is the Son. And He's not just the Son of God, but He's God the Son. All three of these are God. But the Son is not the Father. The Father is not the Holy Spirit. The Son is not the Holy Spirit. We see that the Son prayed to the Father. We see all the Holy Spirit led Jesus Christ. So they are all three God. They, the Bible teaches they all have deity. Over here, Arianism. They say Jesus is not God. And they point to all these verses and say, well, look, you know, right here he said he didn't know this and he was limited and all this. So the, the, the best way to deal with that is to understand that Jesus, during his earthly ministry, he was God and man at the same time. People say, well, if Jesus was God, then how come he did this or couldn't do this or whatever. 
you have to understand, Jesus as a man had two natures. He had a divine nature and he had a human nature. Sometimes he exercised his divinity. How? By performing miracles, he could read people's minds, he could raise people from the dead, all of those things. Other times he exercised his human nature. How? Well, he got tired. He got hungry. He cried. Remember the Garden of Gethsemane? Sweating drops of blood. Uh, he suffered like a man, just like you and me at times. The Bible says he was tempted in all points, like as we are, yet without sin. Two natures there. Two natures there. Go to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2, being at verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, deity, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, deity. He didn't think that being equal with God would be stealing away from God's glory or preeminence. Verse 7, but in spite of that, he made himself with no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant. Even though he was in the form of God, he took upon himself the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. God, imagine God needed, needing somebody to change his diaper. That's, think about it, it's kind of crazy, right? But it's true. Jesus as the man, Jesus as a baby, he was God when he was a baby. They came and worshipped him. It's a mystery. But Jesus was deity. He was God, the son, and Jesus is a little baby who is depending on his mom to feed him. God, uh, as a baby? Yes. Yes. Why? Because he did that in order to come in the world to die for our sins. He took upon himself the form of a servant. Now, that wasn't the father, though. That was the son. And was made in the likeness of men, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. So there's a good verse to answer somebody who tries to point to all these other verses that make it appear that Jesus wasn't God. And there are verses like that that... You have to admit, just at face value, just that verse isolated from the, the rest of the Bible looks like Jesus may not be God. But you have to take the Bible as a whole. You have to read things in context. You have to compare Scripture with Scripture. And so the Bible does not contradict itself. If there's a problem with, 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 with the Bible, the problem is usually with your understanding, not the Bible. You understand? And so that's a good verse to show somebody who says, well, look, Jesus is not God because look at this verse right here. Look what this says. All right, so that's, that's uh, Arianism and, and that's what they teach and so that's a false doctrine. So this one is a heresy. This one is a heresy. And this is what the Bible teaches, Trinitarianism. Again, usually when you have a Bible doctrine, usually there's 
two extremes and both of them are wrong and the one in the middle is usually the correct one as is the case in this right here today. So, hope you got something out of that. Hopefully the Trinity is a little bit better for you to understand and comprehend uh, because uh, a lot of people, I've heard this from a lot of people, they say, I just can't understand it. And you try to explain it, they say, I just can't understand it. I, and finally, and I say, well, there's some things that we're never going to fully understand in this life. But I think that um, once you really look at the scriptures and look at these different comparisons and these views, I think, I think it's, I think it's more understandable than than what people make it out to be. I think they they overcomplicate things, and I think it's because some people they just don't explain it adequately. But when you look at natural things in the world, you look at what the Bible says, look at what it teaches, what it does not teach, then I think that clears up a lot of confusion. So hopefully you got something out of that. Let's go ahead and dismiss in prayer. Lord, thank you for the Word of God. Thank you for the doctrines of the Word of God. I pray that these things would be clear to everybody here that we would not um, be confused about these things but we would be able to understand sound doctrine as you have given it to us and uh, we wouldn't brush these things aside and and consider them as non-essentials uh, that doctrine is very important we need to understand what the bible teaches about uh, the, the trinity and and about the persons of the trinity we need to know what it is, what it is not, and be um, aware of false teachings concerning this and then understand, be able to divide the truth from error. In Jesus' name, amen.